an angelic choir of children singing Silent Night, Mariah's unmistakable vocals on All I Want for Christmas, the pa-rum-pa-pum-pum repetition of The Little Drummer Boy. Whether you love or hate Christmas music, it's nearly impossible for these songs not to evoke some sort of emotion when you hear them played for the first time each winter. But anyone who has curated a festive playlist with extreme precision will tell you that if you listen closely, many of the songs synonymous with the most wonderful time of the year don't actually make any reference to December the 25th itself. Although Jingle Bells is one of the most easily identifiable Christmas songs in the world, it was originally titled One Horse Open Sleigh and was intended to be performed at Thanksgiving. Despite Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow making no mention of any holiday, its idealised depiction of a frosty winter's day has cemented its status as a festive classic. And then there's Baby It's Cold Outside. Written by American songwriter Frank Loesser in 1944, the song was originally composed to be sung with his wife, Lynn Garland, at their housewarming party in New York City. Though it was meant to be amusing, the song also intentionally acted as a polite way to indicate to guests that it was time to leave. In 1948, after years of singing the song at parties attended by his well-to-do friends, Losa sold it to MGM for the 1949 rom-com Neptune's Daughter, which led to its win for Best Original Song at the 1950 Academy Awards. The next several decades saw notable cover versions from some of music's biggest stars. While everyone from Barry Manilow to Bette Midler lent their vocals to the track, Dean Martin's recording was considered to have turned Baby It's Cold Outside into a bona fide festive smash. But by the time we reached the mid-2000s, public outcry was rife from those who claimed the song posed a problematic scenario where consent, spiked drinks and date rape were brought to the Christmas table. It may have been cold outside, but what was happening indoors seemed even more chilling. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Leah, and this is the show where we look at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subject of our very vigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter, because all of them are judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately cancelled. The year is 2004. George W. Bush is president, Britney is married to K-Fed, and the iPod Classic is the ultimate Christmas gift. But anyone about to upload Baby It's Cold Outside to their MP3 device might think twice after reading an article published in Canada's National Post on December the 20th, which argued for the song's immediate ban from Canadian airwaves. Written by Rob McKenzie and Joe Baudelet for their humour column, the piece was widely regarded to be the first to publicly question some of the song's lyrics by stating, quote, the song in question has a lovely melody, but it's an ode to statutory rape. In sum, the man gets the girl drunk amid her protests so he can take advantage of her. End quote. Since this takedown of the song was written with a sarcastic tone, the piece was widely viewed as tongue-in-cheek. But this marked the beginning of countless think pieces cross-examining the song's controversial lyrics. So, is this 1940s festive favourite really just a thinly disguised celebration of sexual violence? Let's take a closer look. Written as a call-and-response duet between two people, Baby It's Cold Outside features two characters. The host, referred to as Wolf in the score, usually performed by a male singer, and the guest, referred to as Mouse, usually performed by a woman. It seems to be no coincidence that a mouse conjures up an image of a quiet, timid creature, while wolves are seen as predatory. 
In Neptune's Daughter, Mexican actor Ricardo Montalban plays Jose O'Rourke, who performs this song as Wolf, while American actress Esther Williams depicts Eve Barrett, who takes on the role of Mouse. Every other line in the song features a statement from Mouse, the vast majority of which are reasons why they feel they should leave Wolf's home. Each of these statements are followed by a response from Wolf, arguing why Mouse should stay. Though the sultry way the song is traditionally sung implies that Wolf and Mouse have spent a romantic evening together and that Wolf fears Mouse could get cold outside, Mouse repeatedly says they should return home to their concerned family and neighbours. You'd think Mouse's list of reasons would seem reasonable enough to any host. However, for Wolf, the party's just getting started. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Wolf's total disregard for Mouse's consent is exhibited throughout the entire song. In response to Mouse's, quote, I ought to say no, 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 sir, end quote, Wolf dismissively replies, quote, mind if I move in closer, and also asks, what's the sense of hurting my pride, end quote. But perhaps the song's most troubling line comes in the form of Mouse asking, quote, say, what's in this drink, end quote. Mouse eventually agrees to, quote, just half a drink more, end quote. However, it's unclear whether this response is a consensual choice or a response to the relentless pressure applied by Wolf. Regardless, the position Mouse is put in is one that many women unfortunately know all too well. Despite the dark insinuations behind these lyrics, Baby It's Cold Outside avoided worldwide scrutiny for over 50 years. So what changed? The truth is, as common for many cancellations, social media was the true catalyst for the song's downfall. In December 2007, comedy website Funny or Die released a video with dark visuals reimagining the song's lyrics. This featured an intentionally creepy host dropping pills in his female guest's drink, chasing her around his living room and ultimately dragging his terrified-looking victim back to his bedroom. At a time when the colossal rise of social media was in full swing, the clip became one of the first parodies to go truly viral. Within days, the video had racked up hundreds of thousands of views, with outlets such as Slate and Rolling Stone immediately commenting on it. While it could be argued that Funny or Die's spoof was the catalyst in the song's demise, Rolling Stone would later note that negative comments on newly established social media giants Facebook and Twitter also contributed to the song's downfall. Subsequent parodies on both South Park in 2014 and Saturday Night Live in 2015 depicted the song being performed by disgraced comedian Bill Cosby, who'd been accused of sexually assaulting numerous women and was convicted in one case that would eventually be overturned. In a turning point for the song's mainstream popularity, most of the online comments responding to these skits agreed that the song was a celebration of boundary-crossing sexual coercion. But Susan Loser, daughter of writer Frank Loser, disagreed. She attributed the controversy surrounding the song to being associated with Cosby. She also said that the song needed to be understood in the context of an era in which it was written. But could the behavior exhibited in Baby It's Cold Outside ever be justified, let alone be romanticized every Christmas? 
If we look at the song in context, it's fair to say that 1940s dating was a completely different ballgame to swiping left and right. Rules and expectations for what would happen during a casual encounter were undefined, and the concept of consent was even less evolved than dating during this period. For a woman, being alone with a man, especially if there was some flirtation involved, could be considered actively consenting. This is exemplified in Baby It's Cold Outside's lyrics. A lot of Mouse's excuses make reference to her reputation being damaged if she's seen to have stayed overnight, including the line, quote, there's bound to be talk tomorrow, think of my lifelong sorrow, end quote. Discussions of right and wrong in situations like the one described in the song didn't truly take form until after the women's movement in 1960. Flash forward to 2018, the hashtag MeToo movement has garnered widespread media coverage for its discussion of sexual harassment, particularly in Hollywood, and contributed to the demise of some of the entertainment industry's most powerful figures. A social media post likened the song's lyrics to some of the things said by Harvey Weinstein in an audio tape made public by one of his accusers, in which model, Amber Batilana Gutierrez, can be heard saying no 10 times to a dismissive Weinstein who then allegedly sexually assaulted her. That same year, the National Post finally got what their article cried out for nearly 15 years earlier. Canada's two largest commercial radio operators, Bell Media and Rogers, pulled the controversial song from their rotation. This move was mirrored by countless radio stations across North America. But one thing didn't change. In terms of sales, Baby It's Cold Outside was still as popular as ever. The newfound publicity led to a 70% increase in downloads that boosted Dean Martin's 1959 cover version to become the second best-selling holiday song of 2018 in terms of digital sales. This seemingly proved that the public could still enjoy the song alongside all the criticism of its dark connotations. The song received even more column inches when Melinda DeRocca revealed that she had refused to record it in her 2018 holiday album, saying that she, quote, could not sing those lyrics in the hashtag MeToo era, end quote. In 2019, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson recorded the album for Legend's A Legendary Christmas Album. Clarkson, who had previously covered the song with its original lyrics for her own Christmas record, exhibited caution this time round. The new version came complete with altered lyrics, written by Legend and Natasha Rothwell, including lines such as, quote, It's your body and your choice, and I want you to stay, but it's not up to me, end quote. But even an updated interpretation of the song's message became a source of controversy in its own right. Dean Martin's daughter, Dina Martin, criticised the new interpretation as, quote, absurd, saying her father would not have approved of the lyrical changes. She also denounced a new version for being more sexualized than Losa's original in order to appeal to new listeners. This begs the question, what's to come for a song shrouded in such contention? Though its Christmas classic status remains cemented, Legend and Clarkson's public bashing for modernizing the song's message is enough to deter any up-and-coming artist from resurrecting its tarnished reputation and making it relatable to a young audience. While dozens of articles continue to criticise and scrutinise the lyrics each year, even those that defend them can probably agree that this song has aged about as well as unrefrigerated milk left out for Santa Claus. With the future on ice, it's hard to envisage a new generation giving baby it's cold outside anything but a frosty reception. This episode was written by Rory Boyle. 
This is a Broccoli production.